All right, Maria. So today's podcast is on cancel culture. Hot topic. Yeah, hot topic of the of the day, the year, something. And so we're going to talk a lot about uh, just the things that are canceled. And so parents, just as a precursor to this podcast, we'd say don't listen to it with your kids in the room. For sure. And I think as you listen, be mindful of that balance. You know, our goal is to always affirm and critique uh, what our culture is saying, to ask questions, to look at it through the lens of the gospel. And I think we did a pretty good job in this in this podcast um, of doing that. So Is your arm okay? It looks yeah. broken <laughs> trying to patch your own back. Yeah. But it is a hard topic. I think important just because it's so applicable to the gospel. Right. And, th- and that's really the goal here is to talk about something that is so pervasive within our society and to affirm it, to critique it, and then to ask the question, what does scripture say about it? And I'll be the first to admit, yeah, there's room for error here. The The big thing that we wanted to do is hit this at a cursory level to let you know how we're thinking about it as school leaders, but also how we can be thinking about it, maybe framing up the conversation for more things that come our way. Definitely. So, all right, well, here's our podcast on cancel culture. We hope you guys Enjoy, and we look forward to getting your feedback. Jemima, we got rid of Uncle Ben's, but I am wildly triggered by the brands and the photos that I see in this grocery store. Using a polar bear to sell your ice cream, Klondike? Did you know polar bears were extinct? No thank you. Canceled. Paw Patrol mac and cheese. Listen, defund the police, defund Paw Patrol. V8, you know what kind of emissions an engine like that puts out into the environment? I drive a Prius and that is canceled. Okay, I don't exactly know who this guy is, but I don't like his look at all. I don't like anything that this guy stands for. Cancel. Hello, my name is Taylor Clement, and I'm the head of school at Kirk Day School. And I'm Maria Massey, the assistant head of school at Kirk Day School. And yeah, you guessed it, folks. Today we are talking about cancel culture. So this continues our conversation of unpolarizing, polarizing conversations. And this is a fun one. That was a video from John Christ. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. It's brands that need to be canceled immediately. So, Maria, yeah, let's dig in. This is this is a this is I'm a little excited and really also nervous to talk about this. For sure. I have many thoughts on cancel culture. Uh and yes, I I'm also excited, but also know that there's valid reasons behind the cancellation of like there's valid reasons behind the reaction. To things and and that that type of thing. So we're going to try and approach this from both sides and look at both sides, rather than just focusing on um, one. Okay, so everything's canceled. It feels like um, everything new is canceled, and um, anything old is canceled. Today uh, we had a parent coffee, and I was outside, and a parent informed me of a new cartoon character that was canceled. Pepe, Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. Okay. At yeah. first, I thought you were going to say Peppa Pig, and I was like, oh, really? Yeah, no, 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 no not, not yet. Um, but <laughs> okay. I'm sure British imperialists will somehow feel judged, and she'll be canceled later. But um, no, this was, uh, it was not due to his womanizing nature, but uh, due to the threat of rape. Um, so Peppy Le Pew has now been canceled. So Okay. There you go, newsflash. I have to read that. Yeah, re- read more about it. So Well, I am curious, has there been anything that you've canceled because of 
Oh, good question. Yeah. I like that. So what have I canceled? I haven't canceled anything. Hey. I'm. What about you? We did cancel Netflix. Now, we canceled it for a number of reasons, but one of them being because of the... Um, Child pornography. Yes. Call it what it is. Yes, that. Yeah. I can't even remember the name of the show, though, which was kind of embarrassing. Which is good. Um, so there were other reasons we canceled it. We just weren't using it. And also the office was moving off of Netflix. So that was another reason that we canceled it because... Way to take the moral stand. <laughs> yeah. But it is a very popular thing in our culture to throw the baby out with the bathwater to disregard and and in my opinion really dehumanize people when they make a mistake yeah yeah and and I think that's the line uh, we're trying to walk with this because uh, you know there are certain times where cancel culture that is an appropriate response Mm -hmm. it is an appropriate moment to take a stand and we'll talk about that there's plenty of other times where we are the pot calling the kettle black. We are definitely, you know, taking the speck out of someone else's eye instead of looking at the log in our own eye, as Scripture says. And, and I think this is the balance that we want to have as, as we go about it. What can we affirm? What can we critique? And what can we turn over to the Lord uh, through that? So let's dig in a little bit of what we're what we're here to to discuss. The first thing is that I had someone send me a meme. Um, Yes, meme game strong, and it is cancel heaven. Okay, cancel heaven. I mean, we'd have to. Yeah, right. It's a it's a photo. It's a photo of kind of this the sky and a stairway to heaven, and on the stairway is the former Mister Potato Head, which has now been degenderized to just Potato Head, despite you know Toy Story and Pixar and Toy Story Two having a Mrs. Potato Head. Um, you have the former Washington Redskins mascot. You have the former Cleveland Indian mascot. You have Chase from Paw Patrol. You have the Indian from Land Lakes Butter. You have Aunt Jemima's um, syrup. You have Uncle Ben. And then you have the Gina Carrero character from The Mandalorian, who was also canceled. So those those are some highlights. Now some of them I, I would agree there, there's an affirmation there mm-hmm. um, of of those, and then there's some that I would say this is ridiculous. Yeah, I have a hard time with the the Chase Paw Patrol one. Um, yeah, yeah, for I would, sure, I would agree. And I think something that we always have to consider, whether we're talking about cancel culture or not, is are we putting something on our children that they aren't aware of? Or don't have the capacity to understand. Um, I think I think with cancel culture, trying to communicate. I mean, I'm thinking about trying to communicate to my three and a half year old daughter why Chase would be canceled on Paw Patrol, right? Like, and maybe that's not a conversation you have to have. But I'm just thinking in when when we do that, what are we what are we trying to communicate when we do cancel things? Um, and how do we do that in an effective way, either for our kids or even just our own processing? Because it's, it is a complicated issue, um, for sure. The, I, I know that there are significant issues behind the, the reasons for canceling somebody like Chase on Paw Patrol. But also just trying to walk that line of like, well, what, like how can we affirm the good things about Chase on Paw Patrol, and how can we make sure that we're not setting our children up to only have one viewpoint of one thing, 
Well, it also it also is one of those really strong pieces where the hypocrisy abounds. And I think to me that's maybe the thing that, that is so, I, I will say, just angers me is because yeah. I've seen so many people fall from grace, but we, we are very choosy to whom we allow to back into our culture and, and not. And there's certain aspects that when you think about, and you and I prepping for the podcast, talked about Martha Stewart. Yeah. Like, we forget old, old Martha, you know, spent some time in the clink. And yes, like she actually went to jail. She actually went to jail. And it was prior to any social media. Right. It was what, 2000, I don't know. I'm not going to have a date. Yeah. Uh, but I I mean, I for sure remember her going to jail. Mm-hmm. There were many jokes. There were many SNL skits mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. that. All about cancel culture, or, mm-hmm. or at least her going to jail, excuse me. There was kind of this pre-cancel culture. And, you know, she's recovered and co- recovered well. In the same vein, we saw Paula Dean go down and go down hard. And, and hasn't come back. And has not and come I back. don't know if that's her choice or not. Right. But yes, yeah, she has, has not been welcome, welcome back if she, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know if she would be. And, and right now we're obviously talking about pop culture figures, okay? And, and there's, no, there's no question there. We're talking about pop culture figures. We're talking about people that would be in our homes. But when you look at the corporate world and the corporate level, you look at TV, um, and I'm talking like more in, in the news reporting genre and things, and politicians, there are so many people that have done things so much worse than some of these other people, and yet we line up to forgive them and vote for them. Mm-hmm. But yet... And I think that <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that's so hard for me about cancel culture is that we're not canceling their behavior we're canceling them as a person. Yeah. And that's shown in the tweets, the amount of time social media or other media and news outlets spend. And we feed into that. I mean, like, I am so guilty of this. I can't tell you the, the amount of times I clicked on articles about Harry and Meghan after the interview came out, right? Like, there's definitely... I mean, it's click. It's called clickbait for a reason. It gets you, yeah. right? It draws your attention. It's the headline. Um, but what I see in cancel culture is that we're not canceling, or we're canceling the person, not the behavior, or not not the choice right. that they made. Right. And that's what is so hard for me about about cancel culture. Yeah, and that's really that's really well said. So, Maria, let's let's start with this. And this is the question that that I want you to really uh, pour into. Where have you seen the cancel culture be fair? Saying, no, this is right and good, and how do we determine that? So, I mean, I have my own opinions, but I always like to start by asking you because then I can, you know, formulate my thoughts to sound a little bit better than you, and that's fine. <laughs> this isn't a competition. Uh, um, gosh, that's a, a great question. I'm having a hard time thinking of a situation specifically I think what's good about cancel culture is that people are naming things that are painful for them. Yeah. Right. Like that's the benefit of cancel culture is that we're able to say like, no, there's a lot of hurt and pain that comes when you use this word or when this image gets shown. And so I think cancel culture has brought up the awareness of that. I don't think we're handling that awareness well. Right. But I think there is you know one of one of the things that was taught to me over and over and over in seminary was um, how do we how do we dignify a person 
And then how do we recognize where sin um, has affected them? Where do we see the depravity? So dignity and depravity. And for me, cancel culture is much more about depravity than it is dignity, except for the fact that it does dignify the people who have been offended by things that some of these these situations have have created. Um, I don't know if that really answers your question. Well, I think that there is what is redeeming about cancel culture would be yeah. that I would say. And so, um, and what I would also say is parents, if you're listening with kids right now, definitely turn this, this part uh, to a pause or wait, because one of the positive trends that's happening right now on TikTok, which is, has, has um, 170 million views as of last week, is a hashtag called cancel porn. Mm-hmm. And folks are, mm-hmm. are they're, they're coming out and, and talking about the depravity of, of that industry. Mm-hmm. And there are very few things, that, and we believed as Reformed believers, that the Lord cannot redeem. And I would say that would be one of them. Or I say the Lord can it, redeem anything, obviously. Yes. Let me, let me rephrase that. But it's that. very hard to see any goodness in, in porn. That's what I'm trying yes. to say. Thank you. Yeah, totally. And, and and that's one of those that, yes, I mean, there are people that are really entrapped and enslaved, and, and it's a drug-filled um, misogynistic mm-hmm. culture. Not that, to mention what it can do to, you know, marriages. Oh, and marriages and relationships yeah. and just intimacy in general that, that w- was not intended. Yeah. And yet here's a trend coming, but it's not catching, it's not catching on as much as, as others really want it. And it's not getting the media attention mm-hmm. because it's not about a celebrity. It's about an industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're, we're kind of at that place. And we think about like certain politicians and, we think about just the what what is the clickbait that, that we fall um, entrapped to, and uh, you know an example was uh, a few weeks ago. My wife just did a cursory example of she wanted to see what was on Fox News and she wanted to see what was on CNN. So she got on Fox News and every headline was about Andrew Cuomo. She got on CNN and every headline was about Ted Cruz and how he went on his his vacation and and I say that um, not to to endorse one or the other. I'm saying that. You know, she she was saying, "Hey, this this is right there, hard evidence. One is supporting one, one entity is supporting one view, and one entity is supporting another." And so, our cancel culture is a quick spin zone that is difficult to find ourselves getting out of. Yeah, well, and again, clickbait. Um, guilty of of not reading through articles myself, but of also understanding that those entities, whatever it is pretty much anybody on Twitter is trying to make money. Like they're, they're not a public service. Um, they're there to make money. Yeah. And, and I think we as readers of that have to be critical and not just in jest, but we have to be critical of what we're reading and who we're reading it from, because that's going to affect, I mean, the story, right. You know, and I would say too, before we hit cancel culture, um, as being something that we talked about on a regular basis, often you would hear the term put them on trial, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and by the term trial, we know that innocent until proven guilty isn't really what we, what we mean by that. But at least it was a little bit softer in the sense that we're going to put them on trial. Yeah, and it wasn't retweeted thousands and thousands of times and, you know, right. you actually had to read a story rather than read a 240-character tweet. Yeah. 
So, yes, cancel culture, the positive spin on that would be that it is calling out things that are broken in our world and things that should not happen. Okay, that's kind of into that part. <laughs> and and, I, and it, that's, I say that because I, I really don't know where to go other than let's talk about what's wrong with cancel culture. Now, I, I want to I wanna also say that several of the, the things that I read that were in cancel heaven, I'm glad they're now in cancel heaven. Um, I was surprised for years that the Cleveland Indians were able to get away with, with that mascot. Um, and the say, Washington Redskins. Exactly. Um, there's several, there were several things that I do feel were racial stereotypes that, that were uh, far beyond what, what it needed to be and did not have the dignity of, that, that some others can offer. Yeah. Okay, so I, I want to be clear on that. But as we get into what's hard about cancel culture, I've already said it's the hypocrisy. What about for you? What, what are you seeing that's hard for cancel culture? I think it's the no grace. Um, that that part for me is really hard. Is that it? It appears it it it. You know, we look at Martha Stewart for example, her being let back into society in some ways, um, and I guess time will tell with some of the other people that get that have been canceled. Um, but I think for me, that's what's hard is it feels like a, an immediate reaction that we never come back to. And that's what's hard for me. Um, you know, so much of my training as a therapist has been to see someone in both, you know, like we talked about earlier, that dignity and that depravity. And that allows me a lot more grace for people. Not that I'm saying, yeah, go for it, do whatever you want. but. Right. That's not what grace is, um, but grace and understanding for people's stories. And so I think that's what's really hard for me about cancel culture is you make one misstep and, and you're done. Yeah. And that's not the gospel. Now, obviously, there has to be repentance, right? There has to be a turning and altering of behavior. But sometimes people aren't given that opportunity. And and that that's what makes the cancel culture so hard for me. And an also an understanding, again, not that the behavior is okay, but you look at some of these people, I think we have such high expectations for our celebrities and for the people in power. And then people are shocked when they do something, you know, that's really offensive. And it's like, they're people too. Yeah. They have stories too. They have hardships. They, you know, are going through something. And I think that would be, that's what that's what's hard is I would rather the response be like, man, that behavior would indicate to me that something's going on in their life. They need to address what's going on in their life rather than us just blast them with equally belligerent tweets or right. whatever it may be. So for years there has been um, movements, there have been um, decisions that are made that, that would definitely be in line with cancel culture um, and, and taken to the nth degree. Yes, this is not new. Right. This is not this is not a new thing necessarily. What I would say though is is the frequency of this is what I would as what I would call out of being such a new piece. So you actually pointed me to this article um, on the Atlantic. It's called "The Holier Than Thou Crusade in San Francisco." And it says the city's move to rename schools will provide invaluable ammunition to Fox News. So this was pr um, done by an author and journalist, uh, Gary Kamaya, and he is he published this on February 2nd. He threw out this article 
and I would say this article is actually very apolitical, which I found interesting. Mm-hmm. The cancel culture piece was not apolitical. I mean, he, he goes against cancel culture in, the, in this sense, but he's laughing. So here, here's just kind of his thesis. He said this, on January 26th, the San Francisco School Board announced that dozens of public schools must be renamed. The figures that do not meet the board's standards include Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, John Muir, Robert Louis Stevenson, Paul Revere, and Dianne Feinstein. And it said a panel had determined that 44 schools, more than more than one third of the city's total, were named after figures guilty of being various, of being variously colonizers, slave owners, exploiters of workers, oppressors of women, of children, or queer or transgender people. And so he just goes on. The problem that I find with this, and this is where where it gets interesting, was when he talks about who they allowed in. So they have this kind of one strike and you're out rule. And he brings up a figure that was once a leader of prostitutes. He was a pimp. Okay. And subjugated women. But the committee decided that his later career redeemed his earlier missteps. Right. But no such exceptions were made for Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson and others on the list. And some of their um, facts were from, like, Wikipedia. Yeah, I haven't even gotten there yet. So. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's really hard for me to hear that. It's really hard um, for me. I mean, that makes my skin crawl being a someone with a history degree um, mm-hmm. that makes my skin crawl just in the sense that you know I get it. if we're, if we're going to cancel all and we're going to say you know and rename them neighborhood schools or say you know this is you know you know what New York does you know you have your PS schools and with a number okay that's one thing but but then to moralize mm-hmm. certain leaders above another that part is really enraging to me because there there are things that I've done in my life that have been good. There have been plenty that I've done that's bad. But I my hope is, right, that I'm forgiven for some of those sins. I know I'm forgiven in Jesus, but that others would even have just the decency to forgive me. Here we are 200 and something years later and not able to, to do that. Well, and, and thinking about the precedent then that, that sets for our kids is you can't make mistakes. Like you, oh no, yeah. I mean, you have to, especially if you're in a position of power or notoriety, um, you can't make mistakes. You are held to, in my opinion, a standard that is impossible. And we f- we fuel that flame, especially in celebrity and pop culture area. Right. But you know, to think that abraham lincoln or or thomas jefferson were a perfect person is ridiculous right we know they weren't but also like we're none of us are perfect none of us are gonna do everything right in our life and that's not really what integrity is right integrity is is saying hey i've failed and i've messed up i'm gonna do what i can to be better like that's what integrity looks like it doesn't look like living a perfect life so, Maria, do you remember my motto for my employees, for every employee? Integrity and ownership. And well, show up and feel your feelings and <laughs> let God have the results. Okay, now you're getting into like the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, wow. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, yeah, effort and ownership. Like, I try to sum it up with just that. 
because I say, I want to see 110% effort. Give me that and own your mistakes. We're, we're all going to make mistakes, all of us. But I want to make sure that we can own our mistakes and that we can see the fact that some of us will have fallacies. There are going to be things that we do to hurt one another. The question is, can we look someone else in the eye, wait for it, and apologize and for our kids maybe go through the five A's. Yeah. Right. And I realize that when you're in a position of leadership or power, your decisions have effects on many people that can be really hurtful. And a lot of times they don't, you don't even know that in, right. you know, like right. I'm sure Abraham Lincoln wasn't always aware of all the things that he did that, that may have caused harm to somebody. Again, that's part of how, that is part of the broken world that we live in. So, and I think teaching our kids that, hey, if you've done one thing wrong, you're done, just is so far from the gospel um, that that it does our kids a disservice to to not hold both, right? Yeah, and so I, there, there's, a, there's a few things that I have here, and I'm kind of getting my energy going here, so my apologies. When I think about this, I, I think about it through the lens of a child. Yes. And for those of us listening that are adults, which I hope all of us are at this point, the uh, you remember the first time you realized your parents weren't perfect, right? That your parents made mistakes. And that is a very, I would say little T, as the counselor talk would go, but it's mm-hmm. a little T traumatic moment because for the first time, it's pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, mm-hmm. as the Wizard of Oz says. But what do we do with our parents? We find out that they're not perfect. We love them through it. And as adults, we fight with them. Um, As teenagers, we rebel against them maybe. Mm -hmm. But in the end, we continue to work through that. Not every time is that are we able to do that depending on the severity and the hurt. But let's be real, 99.9% of the time, yeah, I mean, my dad wasn't perfect. My mom wasn't perfect. But I still have that relationship. I still love them. I still respect them. And if we had just the, the ability, and that's somebody that is magnanimous in our lives. Mm-hmm. So what happens then with somebody that, frankly, isn't really a huge part of our life? Yeah. Yeah, and again, I think it, it dehumanizes. It puts, well, you're just this kind of person that says this kind of things because one time you did this. And it, and again, you know, we're only privy to what we see on Twitter or what the news tells us um so we do have to take that into account but i just i think trying to teach our children that that people are both good and bad that we are a mixed bag and that oftentimes hurting not often i would say always hurting people hurt people like that is always going to be true yeah uh and and that is part of life that we have to learn to embrace and call out when it's when it is pain and when it is hurt and when it's oppressing for sure call that out that's what cancel culture does um and that's the good part of it but yeah i think we we just we harm our kids and um set them up for a, a lot of missed expectations disappointment confusion if we don't teach them that we are fallen everybody in this world has fallen and we have to model that right by being willing to apologize to our kids when we make mistakes yeah yeah and maria walk us through i mentioned the five a's so so talk about peacemakers real quick what do we teach our kids and what are the five a's and because i'd love for you to just unpack that for just a second 
because we, we've talked about the, what is good out of cancel culture. We're easily finding what's bad. But, and then I'm going to turn to Scripture here in just a moment. But go ahead and talk about the five A's, what we ask of our kids. What is it? Yeah, so it comes from um, the children's peacemakers. And it goes, um, so the five A's, admit what you did, accept the consequences for what you did, apologize, ask for forgiveness, and alter your behavior. And in my mind, there is a difference between saying I'm sorry and asking for forgiveness. Both need to happen, right? But the the whole act of saying, will you please forgive me is vulnerable. It shows our humility. It shows our need for a savior. And so we go through those five A's, big, small conflicts um, when they come up and and can be really helpful to give kids a framework of what to do when things happen. Yeah. You know, one thing that I love about that is that it does establish humility. It also mm-hmm. establishes vulnerability with, with the person that you've offended. Asking for forgiveness is a hard thing to it do. It is a hard thing to do. And yet you're, you're also admitting that you're wrong and that you're going to alter your behavior. How many times have people come out and they've done that and yet they're still just thrown to the wolves. I mean, sometimes even their apology in air quotes or their statement yeah. um, gets blasted. Right. And and sometimes it should, don't get me wrong, sometimes it should. But like, it's almost to the point where those statements have to come out and you expect it, that it doesn't mean anything. Well, and honestly, I know the irony that I started this podcast playing a video on cancel culture by somebody who had been canceled. Totally. And his apology, I felt like, was very fair. I'm a little biased towards towards sure. John. But, you know, I felt like his apology was actually really great. There were no news stories about his apology because yeah. it was a good apology. Yeah. So it didn't make news. So it's it's an interesting thing, and, and so I want to go to three. Want to go to three things on, on the more spiritual thing. So we we've established that certain things can good can come out. And there's a particularly awareness of our brokenness mm-hmm. with with cancel culture. We've also established that it's hypocrisy, and that it does not give any grace. And and as you said, there it really just lacks dignity. Um, the third thing, though, is is really we have to have a line of discernment in how we approach cancel culture. So the first thing that I think about was this past fall when St. Louis County, our government, local government, began to um, impose mask mandates and other mandates that really threatened and in, in certain areas definitely harmed businesses in our community due to the pandemic. Um, there was a large discussion between heads of school, and, and I'm currently serving as president, have been for the Christian School Association of St. Louis. And we had a meeting with our board chairs and the heads of school to discuss at what point would we take something like this to court. Churches around the city were wondering at what point do we take something to, to court to establish our religious liberties. And, and there's a lot of different questions that, that began to arise, especially from August through October. And where we mostly landed was it's not time because we're still having school we're still having church we're having to flex we're having to do it differently but it's not prohibiting us from carrying out our mission mm-hmm. that was at first a tough pill for me to swallow now that i don't feel so emotionally attached to it it feels much better and a wiser route to go and i'm glad we had um those wiser heads but 
it's one of those things where we were also realizing that we're so blessed to live in a country with a with a system that is of due process. Mm-hmm. Now I get there's a whole nother debate on sure. who has access to that, but I'm I'm mainly talking about institutions at this point, not not the individual. And and I want to I want to recognize the the differences therein. But when we're talking about an institutional approach to the law, there is a due process, and I feel like we're we're blessed in that matter. Yeah, definitely. And um, we definitely don't have that process in our culture. And the thing is, is that our culture for our kids, for us, is so much more influential. And we are not, as Christians, above any of this. Like Mm. I said, I mean, I've, I've canceled things and I've had the same reaction to things that that cancel culture has. I'm guilty of not opening the tweet and reading the story and making assumptions. So this is the air that we breathe. We breathe the air of cancel culture. It is not something that we're above and it is not something that we're immune to just because um, we're Christians. And so I think that's, I mean, part of the reason that we're talking about it, right, is because it is important to discuss and, um, you know, how do we look at it through the lens of the gospel? You know, I think about the Harvey Weinstein um, situation, and he had that due process taken out, right? Like those things came to light. People canceled him, understandably so. And then he, I mean, he had his day in court, you know, and, and that process was taken out. Um, and I, you know, the, hopefully, I mean, justice to, to the degree to which we can have it on earth is being served. Um, and I think that's the important thing with, with cancel culture that we have to talk about too, is like, God is a just God. He is Mm -hmm. perfectly merciful and perfectly just. And a lot of times on this side of heaven, we don't see that justice in the way that we want it or we need it. Um, and that's really hard to wrestle with. That's really hard to wrestle with, which I think is why cancel culture feels so appropriate at times is because it's our way to have justice done. Yeah. I'm just not sure it's the best way. Let me go to John 8 for a moment. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Course, it goes on from there. But that phrase, let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her, is such Mm -hmm. a powerful Mm -hmm. moment. And it's not that we shouldn't stand up, but at times it's it it is saying, look at yourself first. Yeah. And obviously, out of anybody, Jesus could yeah, I think could have that that power. He's got the credibility there. But notice that I mean he doesn't cancel her. Right? Like, and she's caught in adultery. Right. And he doesn't cancel the people who are throwing the stones at her either. You know? And and that's what's, I mean, that's what stands out to me looking at it through our cultural lens right now. 
you know, um, is that you see him hold both of those intention. And yeah. obviously he's Jesus, so he does that perfectly. Uh, but as a as a model and example to how, how we need to a, a, attempt to live, holding both of those things in tension. Yeah. I'm going to leave us with this. So how do we need to deal with cancel culture when it comes to us? I'm going to leave us with Micah 6, 8. Yeah. He has told you, oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord, Lord require of you? but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And when we think about that, we think of justice, kindness, and humbleness and humility. Yeah, I think that would help, right? Definitely. Prevent maybe a little couch activism. Yeah, couch activism. Great skit on SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Maria. Thanks for your time. And, and folks that are listening, thank you. And, you know, we're open to your feedback. And, and I know different things mean different different uh, pieces of our hearts. Uh, you know, if somebody canceled the St. Louis Cardinals, I'd probably react a little more vehemently than somebody canceling Land O'Lakes Butter. But that being said, there, there's some aspects that we need to address, and I think we need to address as believers. We need to address societally, and, and how do we use our voice to, to, bring, to bring justice like the Lord would want. And, and so we hope that this has been at least... Um, a discussion that you you've been able to partake in we're happy to listen listen to more and we'll keep uh coming with a couple of these a couple more rather of these unpolarizing polarizing conversations so all right we thank you guys and hope you have a wonderful day